When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Football Social Daily. Premier League Update. Hello, this is Football Social Daily, the only daily Premier League podcast you can find. So make sure you hit subscribe and you'll never miss another episode. Also, if you've got an Amazon Alexa smart speaker, don't forget to ask Alexa to open Sports Social. Dive into our skill where you can find Premier League match previews and match reports. And of course, daily news updates on your club. But we're here to give you a Premier League update. Mesut Ozil wants to see out his Arsenal contract. Do we believe him or do we not? Max Allegri, the former Juventus manager, will end up in the Premier League. It's pretty much certain if you believe the Italian press. But will it be Spurs, Manchester United? Will it be somewhere different entirely? And it's been 10 years today, hooray, celebrations. The anniversary of that famous beach ball game. Darren Bent scoring a goal for Sunderland, deflected off a beach ball and passed Jose Reyna. Sunderland's greatest ever striker. Exactly, the beach ball. And the best thing about it is that it was a Liverpool beach ball that deflected the ball into the back of the net, which will please Marley. Well, actually, it won't because it was a Sunderland goal. So (laughs) Catch 22 for Marley Anderson, who's over there. Hello, Marley. Hello. And we've got Jim Salveson over there. Catch 22. Hello. Well, you don't like Liverpool, do you? This is no. Is this, this a myth? Come from, this is Jim putting words in my mouth here, right? I don't mind Liverpool. That's it. It's just I don't know where this has come from. Feel attacked. Let's weigh up all the evidence. And I get Steve as well. Steve keeps mithering me on Twitter. Steve McNaughton, who is an actual Liverpool fan, who loves it that he thinks that somebody else doesn't like them. Okay. Set out your stool now as to why you don't. Liverpool are right. I have no feeling towards Liverpool. Like them as a team. I don't like how the fans keep going on about the same, we've got the best defender in the world, we've got the best goalie. But that's it. So there we go, uh, nine minutes past 11 <laughs> on the 17th of October. Marty says he doesn't actually hate Liverpool and it's all a lie. I do um, hate Sunderland though. <laughs> Fuck Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move on to the actual football. Um, Mesut Ozil seems to always be in the press because he's always injured or missing games or not performing well enough, Jim. He's mm. actually spoken to The Athletic this week and said that he wants to see out... His Arsenal contract. If I was Mesut Ozil, I'd wanted to see out my contract because he's not going to get another contract that's £350,000 a week, even if he does go to Fenerbahce. So why would he want to move? And also, if you see out your contract, you get that lovely big 
signing on bonus for any club you join. So of course he wants to see it out. He doesn't seem particularly interested, or certainly hasn't seemed particularly interested in playing actual football since Arsene Wenger left the club. So yeah, I believe him when he says he wants to see out his contract. What I thought was really interesting was the tone of the interview that he gave to The Athletic mm-hmm. as well. Because it wasn't conciliatory, is that the word? Conciliatory, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was, it was very defensive Yeah, it was. what he was saying. I mean, he, was, he says here, there's no reason to run away and I'm not going to. I'm here until at least 2021. So he says he's not going to turn his back on mm. Arsenal. Sort of, that is defensive language, isn't it? Yeah, and he also talked about how he gets the blame when Arsenal lose big games, mm. which I'm not sure how that works. He's not playing in big games, so I'm not sure why he's getting the blame for that. But he does seem to be a little bit of a scapegoat for Arsenal as a whole, which can happen to your big money players, your big contract players. And we saw it at Manchester United with Paul Pogba and Alexis Sanchez. You often see it at clubs when they spend a lot of money on a player, be it in wages or transfer fees, the expectations are high and they do become a bit of a scapegoat. And that has happened to a certain extent to Mesut Ozil. Even if he hasn't performed at the level he's expected, I think he's probably got a higher level of criticism than perhaps he deserves. Yeah, I don't think any of us in the studio can deny how good Mesut Ozil can be on his day. The problem is that day, Marley, seems to be few and far between, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, I think it was just yesterday, um, his goal against, I think it was Ludogorets in the Champions League, sort of started doing the rounds on Twitter again. And it was just, it was one of them where he he just took the piss out of the entire team. And that's the kind of talent Mm. he has. And that's why the frustrations come from from fans and from neutrals who know that he's this amazing player when he wants to be, but he just doesn't he doesn't do it enough. And he he's he's the sort of character he's very introverted. He's not very you know expressive in his emotions. He doesn't do many interviews. Um, and then in the Athletic, he's came out and sort of just attacked everyone a, a bit like get off my back kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed a bit of a an interview that just got a lot of things off his chest, which is good, but also he needs to now get back playing if if people are going to give him a second chance. I mean, when you consider how little he's played or how poor he's been in probably the last, this season and last season, Mm. so he's played twice this season, and last season I don't know how many times he's played, but since he joined Arsenal, there are only three players who have had more assists in the Premier League at the moment. David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, and Christian Eriksen. Yeah. And so that shows he's got talent and he's got a role to play. Why Emery doesn't seem to particularly fancy him mm. is another question entirely because well, he certainly doesn't seem to. It's quite interesting when we talk about Arsenal's attacking talent. If you think now, the Arsenal sort of front line, you're going in the, off the top of your head, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Pepe, you almost miss Ozil out now yeah, because he doesn't yeah. play. So you kind of miss him out. So... He doesn't seem when to fit into that kind of front what, three for me, what, though, what? does he? He's he's more a traditional number ten, yeah. I'd say. That's we, we've mentioned it on this podcast before. I think we've um, we've said about how even though he's a fantastic number ten, he's only a number ten. He can't play in any other system. Mm. He can't play wide. He's too slow. He doesn't track back uh, to play as a, a right midfielder or a left midfielder. Mm. Um, and you've you've got to really accommodate him in in your system um and it's if he's on top form you build your team around him that's absolutely it's not even a question but in a front three he simply doesn't fit in. it's what? interesting about number 10s in general though isn't it because they're becoming less and less important in football and yeah. you look at Mesut Ozil or Arsenal yep. you look at and one matter slightly different at Manchester United because he's kind of getting on a bit but his role at United silver at Manchester City again more comfortable So than do you think they're being role, phased out of, um it, no. does, it does seem that modern, the modern way of playing football, 
And we talked about it with James Madison as well, how he's had to adapt his game at Leicester City somewhat yeah. to become less of a number 10 and more kind of a box-to-box midfielder. So maybe a player like Ozil who's used to playing in that number 10 role, he is going to be less important to Arsenal. Maybe a move away would help him. And I don't know how, I don't know enough about European football to know whether they kind of play in similar ways like in terms of the 4-3-3 that's so popular in the Premier League. Mm. Whether if he went to Turkey, I don't know enough about the Turkish league to go, well, he they play number 10s there or they don't. I, mm-hmm. But maybe like, that kind of move would suit him. You can see the frustration from Arsenal fans, can't you? Because you've got all of these you know, this firepower up front, Lacazette, Aubameyang, they seem to be doing all right without Ozil. Yeah. So imagine, imagine if they had him, imagine if well. they had him sort of firing on all cylinders. How much of a force could Arsenal be? And we, we said this a few weeks ago, you know, Arsenal were third going into the international break and mm. everyone was sort of feeling like, oh, they're a bit ropey. They're third place. They've got Lacazette out. Ozil doesn't play many games. I mean, if, if they had everyone available, mm-hmm. I mean, just, just how strong could Arsenal be really, potentially? If they if they if they had a system where it was Ozil as a number ten and two players up front, like and, and those two being Aubameyang and Lacazette, there's no there's no holding back what they could score. Like yeah. it's absolutely crazy. Like yeah. the intelligence of him in the number ten role, the pace and clever movement of Aubameyang and Lacazette would lead to so many goals. They concede a shitload at the back, obviously, but that's a that's another story. But Going forward, they've got so much, so much potential firepower there, and that's not even including Pepe, yeah, and Reese Nelson, and mm. all these young lads, Saka coming through, Martinelli, all these sort of players. So, yeah, it's just a bit of a. It does. He does seem to have been phased out a little bit, and it, I, can't, I can't see it. Sort of, you've got to make a lot of changes to get him back in, mm. and then you've got to trust that he's going to work hard enough and stay fit and be consistent and everything like that. So, yeah, it looks a bit of a going down a dead end for him really the question is I think about Ozil is how much he wants to play football he's saying he wants to stay at Arsenal to 2021 presuming Emery stays he's probably not going to see a lot of football there but do you remember the comments made by Emery before the Europa League game last month against Standard Liège was it Mm. yeah and about um, not other players deserving it yeah, more, is exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. clearly, and, and he was putting some very young Arsenal talent ahead of Ozil. So clearly he's not showing to Emery that he wants to be playing football. He's not applying himself in training to kind of win his place back. As Marley says, defensively, that's probably where Arsenal's biggest concern is. There was a stat recently that they conceded a shot on target once every four minutes. Wow. Which is <laughs> like ridiculous. Is there room for a player like Ozil, who, like you said, doesn't really like to track back? You know, when you're a team which is probably as fragile as Arsenal are in terms of conceding shots, as that stat suggests, is there really a place for someone who only offers you one thing? Would they be better off having someone like a Thabaios who might track back a little bit more at the expense of being less creative? Uh, you know, is there, an, is there an argument for that? A case for that you leave Ozil out because there's other players that offer the team more in more departments. I think given what he offers going forward, you can make that sacrifice. And I think traditionally, when you're playing that front three system, you're not expecting a massive amount of defensive duties from those front three, which is why you tend to see two holding midfielders yeah. playing alongside them because they kind of do that job of protecting the back four. Yeah. So, yeah, you can afford him. But the question is, again, the wealth of attacking talent that Arsenal have if you're going to go these are our three attacking players don't worry about your defensive duties your job is to score goals are you going to pick Mes- uh, Mesut Ozil amongst the other options that Arsenal have at the moment and currently 
particularly if he's not applying himself in training and he's not showing a desire to play, you'd, you'd have to say no, wouldn't you? Finally yeah. then, do you believe him? He says he's going to stay at Arsenal till 2021. Do you think that will happen? Yeah, completely. As I said, why would you give up a contract that's £35,000 a week? 35? 35. £350,000 a week. I don't see what his most... If he's not interested in playing... But if Arsenal, what, if Arsenal want to get rid of him... doesn't matter. It's all in the player's hands now. It's all in the player's hands in terms of contracts. If a player doesn't want to leave, they don't have to. Marley? Mm. Uh, I think the only way he leaves in is a similar deal to Alexis Sanchez, as in somebody pays half, like you know, a majority of his wages in Arsenal, yeah. so subsidize, subsidize it. Uh, I don't think anyone's got the financial clout to take on that that uh, wage bill, like Fenerbahce and, yeah. and, and you know Turkish teams and stuff. China do, but. Does he want to go there? It, it doesn't sound like it. it. Doesn't sound like he's finished, but also it doesn't sound like he's he's in a place where he can get straight back in the team. So yeah. the only positive for him if he does go to uh, Fenerbahce is he'd be coming up against goalkeepers like Loris Karius, uh, <laughs> who's currently at Besiktas uh, on a two-year loan spell from Liverpool. And the point was Liverpool were to loan Karius to Besiktas for two years for them to go. All right, we'll buy him because mm. he's contracted until like Ozil 2021. Now apparently Besiktas are keen to send him back ASAP <laughs> because he's not been very good for them. Oh so, do, do you know what? Going back to Ozil, wouldn't it be great to see him playing again and have that fire lit in his belly and to be playing the way we know he can, the way he did in the The Premier League needs these Arsenal. sort of players on top form, doesn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's brilliant stuff. He's a talented uh, bloke. Um, who is a talented bloke also is uh, Max Allegri, the former Juventus manager, is currently out of a job, but it looks very likely that he's going to pitch up in the Premier League, lads. Manchester United or Tottenham are the reported clubs, but it could well be somewhere else if they don't act quickly. Uh, Tuto Sport, the Italian newspaper, uh, reported yesterday that Manchester United are in concrete negotiations, to use their quote, with Max Allegri over the United job, despite Solskjaer having the job at the moment and also saying that he's uh, staying for three years. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, very stony face today, speaking with Gary Neville in an interview mm. with Sky Sports, saying, I'm staying, they're not getting rid of me. But also, Maurizio Pochettino's future at Spurs has been thrown into doubt recently. And Allegri is basically available to the first comer between Spurs and Manchester United. It would be good to see another top-class manager in the Premier League. Can you see that happening this season? Are the reports suggesting that Allegri doesn't want him to go anywhere? Till the summer. That's kind of that's what I've read previously that he didn't really want to take a new job until the summer, and he can bring in his training methods mm. and work tactically with the team over that period and bring in transfers and whatnot. Well, this is how it's reported in uh, Sport Witness, which is a brilliant website, by the way, for all sort of European transfer news and, and, and football gossip. Tuto Sport writes that Maurizio Pochettino's situation at Spurs is the same as Solskjaer's at Man United. And if the Old Trafford side take too long to give Allegri a contract, then a good offer could bring him mm. to London. He doesn't feel like a massively perfect fit for either team to me. I'd agree with you. He seems, I mean, you look at, and he was, he's kind of like a typically Italian coach, isn't he? And we talk about Italian football as being well, it also not says, massively expansive, very defensive. It also says he's been taking English classes for a while and things have got more intense lately. Wow. <laughs> Which means he must be on his way to England, right? Yeah. Wow. I'm not, I, I can't quite see this one happening. And I've seen there's a lot of talk from United fans and from Spurs fans about having him at the club potentially. And it doesn't feel like the right fit for either club at the moment. It doesn't seem to be the type of football that I imagine him playing, the type of football that he instigated at Juventus doesn't seem to be the type of football that the fans at Old Trafford or at New White Hart Lane 
particularly want to see. So I can't... It doesn't quite make sense to me at the moment. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I don't really... I don't really think it's on it's on Allegri. I think he's he's waiting for somebody to pull the trigger. He's waiting for, you know, Pochettino to say he wants to go to United and then that hinges on United getting rid of Solskjaer. Mm. And really, Man United are sort of holding the, the cards in this whole situation because if they get rid of Solskjaer, then they're like, okay, do we want Allegri or do we want Pochettino? Because then if they get Allegri, they get Allegri and Poch stays at Spurs. Yeah. But if they want Pochettino, then... Spurs get Allegri and it's like it's all a bit of a weird like a little domino, love triangle kind of yeah. domino yeah. thing yeah it's weird but I can't see him just being available and somebody like taking like Spurs ditching Poch because they know that it'll cost them and Levy hates spending money he yeah, doesn't yeah. need to um, and then also they know that if they if they would sack Pochettino he would just go to Man United anyway sooner or later <laughs> like whether it's at now or it's whether they sack him and it it forces Man United to say, mm. well, he's there and he wants it, so we'll sack Solskjaer, or whether they wait until the end of the season. So he'll end up there anyway. That's it. It feels like there's a case of who blinks first to a certain yeah. extent. It's like, who is going to pull the trigger and but panic I've, more than anyone else? Have you ever it's going to be a that, panic. Have you ever seen that episode of The Office, the American Office, where they're all holding guns at each other? There's it's three it, of them, it's and from, they're all holding guns. It's from the it's old uh, it's well funny. Western, the good, it the bad, and the ugly, isn't it? That final scene where they're in the, the dusty graveyard in the desert, and it's all about who... Who shoots first? Yeah, yeah. And copied in Reservoir Dogs as well. <laughs> yeah. Classic scene in Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> Just think of the possibilities of uh, the manager managers in the Premier League. You know, Pep, Klopp, Allegri, Pochettino, Emery, Steve Bruce. The list goes on and on and <laughs> Steve on. Steve Bruce. This is Football Social Daily. We're going to take a quick break, but afterwards we're going to be looking back at 10 years since a mysterious beach ball scored a goal for Sunderland against Liverpool. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. I'm Niall. I've got Jim and Marley alongside me in the studio today. We've been discussing Max Allegri. Could he be on his way to the Premier League? The Italian, the former Juventus manager, and also as well Mesut Ozil. Will he see out his contract at Arsenal until 2021? He thinks so. A lot of people aren't too sure. But what we are sure about is that a beach ball scored uh, an incredible goal for Darren Bent when he was a Sunderland player 10 years ago today. He had a shot. It deflected off a beach ball that was on the pitch, completely dumbfounded and wrong-footed Pepe Reina, who's in the Liverpool goal, and uh, nestled into the back of the net for uh, a goal which will never be forgotten for very strange reasons. The beach ball's actually on display in the National Football Museum, so <laughs> it's got its own place in football history. Uh, but the BBC, to commemorate the uh, the occasion, have actually run uh, a quiz about deflected goals off of strange objects. Someone's wow. done a lot of research into this. the international break, Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to test you guys, if, if you fancy it, on this. On. Uh, it's multiple choice. It's off the BBC website. Nicked so a quiz off credit. the BBC. Of course I have. <laughs> Uh, listen, Just the unique way they're funded. It's been a long international break, Jim. <laughs> it's been a long international break. Uh, OK, so let's start with this question. Which Liverpool player benefited from Jordan Pickford making a mess of a Virgil van Dijk volley in last season's Merseyside derby? Was it Origi, Firmino or Henderson? It was Origi. Origi. Double Origi. Origi is correct. In 1997, which goalkeeper forgot to look behind him, allowing Dion Dublin to <laughs> snatch the ball and give Coventry an early lead? Shea Given, Nigel Martin, or Tim Flowers? Oh, I can remember it. I can see it. 
but I can't remember who it was. N- Marley knows, so I should go first. Got a lovely picture here of Dion Dublin in his uh, commentary away I'm kit. Go for. Jim's going for Nigel Martin. No, Shea Given. He's confident and he's right. Oh. He's Shea Given. But don't worry, 26% of people, Jim, went for Nigel Martin. Uh, in 1996, it's probably the closest goal to Darren Bentz. Who did Stan Collymore score against for Liverpool when the ball deflected off of a divot oh, in the pitch? Was it Blackburn, Wimbledon or Manchester United? I can, I can see <laughs> the team wearing yellow, which none of those teams wear. <laughs> Manchester United, Blackburn or Wimbledon? Um, I'm going to go Wimbledon in that case. Did they, they might have had a yellow kit at some point. Uh, it was Tim Flowers for Blackburn, wasn't it? Indeed. Blackburn. Oh. There you go. Blackburn Rovers is the correct <laughs> answer. Uh, who took the throw in that Peter Enkelman, the uh, the goalkeeper, <laughs> miscontrolled when playing for Aston Villa against Birmingham in 2002? Who took the throw in? Yes. Yeah. You've got a multiple choice, so there's a chance. <laughs> You're not know, telling you to pick a name out your ass. Uh, Gareth Barry, J. Lloyd Samuel, which I'm just, uh, what a name. Olaf Melberg. Olaf Melberg. He was a player, wasn't he? Great player. With a good beard as well. Good beard. I'm going to go bar- Melberg, good beard, on the beard. Beard, good Barnet. I think it was Melberg as well. It was it Melberg. Was, it also should not have counted that as well, that goal, because yeah, the goalie didn't touch it, and you can't score directly from a throw-in. Correct. So you, because it went under his foot completely, and he didn't get any studs in it or anything, it shouldn't have counted. But also, the beach ball goal shouldn't have counted. Yeah. Why For not? an object on the pitch, referee has to yeah, stop the game and remove it, so the goal should I not know they stood. had VAR back in those days. Yeah, yeah they, they, might have, that. they might have realised how bad a referee Mike Jones actually was <laughs> if they had VAR. Um, and final question: Which defender only scored eight goals in his career, but one of them was a sliding tackle, forty yards from goal, that ended up flying into the top corner oh, over goalkeeper well. Craig Forrest, who was between the sticks for Ipswich that day? Was it Gary Neville, Jason Cundy, or Ashley Cole? process of elimination this one I'll read it again which defender only scored eight goals in his career Genev I'm going to go Genev but I'm basing that purely on the amount of goals he's scored so I'm pretty sure he's scored eight goals in his career <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Cundy Jason Cundy it is Jason Cundy is it it hey. is Jason Cundy I've had a uh, Solskjaer there haven't I <laughs> you've been terrible uh, well Marley you got five out of five so five top marks for Marley top of the uh, top of the table in this Football Social That's Daily quiz the only quiz. time Newcastle fan will be top of any tables this season thank you very much for listening to Football Social Daily don't forget to subscribe we are seven days a week and you'll never miss a show if you hit that subscribe button can I just say tomorrow on the podcast we'll be joined by our fantasy football guru as it's the international break is over and if people want to get their questions in for Kieran our fantasy football guru yes guru Marvin guru. Uh, they can do it via the Twitter account at the Sports Social and get your questions in there Callum Hudson-Odoi is in my team he's been in my team for the last two weeks two picking... assists in the last two weeks wow. happy days seems like a good choice I'm hoping that he performs this weekend and we will have a full Premier League preview for all the fixtures coming up this weekend as we return from the international break on Saturday ready for you so make sure you go and check that out on Saturday morning ahead of the 12.30 kickoff. Everton uh, against West Ham United and all the rest of the games as well that take place over the weekend will be previewed in that episode and on Sunday we'll be looking back at all the fixtures too so make sure you do keep your eyes out for that one but that's it for today we'll speak to you tomorrow Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.